0: Thanks be to God. Uh, Friends, we keep that part of the Bible open. I know it's a short reading, but we're going to spend quite a bit of time in Colossians, so make sure you keep a a finger in Colossians. Um, If you haven't got a Bible, feel free to to run up the back and grab one. Uh, We're starting a new sermon series on the topic of thankfulness, being thankful. And it's a great time of year to do this because we've come to the end of the year. As, As Michael started the service this morning, we've got a lot of things to be thankful for. For 2023, and of course, we've just come out of Christmas, and there's so much to be thankful for in Christmas. Can you believe it's only been a week since Christmas? <laughs> kind of does my head in a little bit. Christmas brings a lot to be thankful for, of course. Uh, we're thankful for the birth of our Lord and Saviour, and we're thankful for family and friends, we're thankful for too much food, uh, and of course, we're thankful for all the presents. Uh, my goal today is to help us uh, find the the root of our thankfulness. So I thought a good place to start, maybe, as uh, to offer a bit of time in prayer as, as Michael did at the start of the service. But I want to do some popcorn prayers because the kids are in with us and, and they can join in. Uh, there's a few new faces around, so I'll explain popcorn prayers. Uh, we haven't done it for a while. They're just little kernels of prayer, really short, sharp pops of prayer that we can offer out, say it loudly, um, so that everyone can enjoy it. Uh, thank you for my new bike that's, that's all it needs to be something along those lines thank you for the stomach pump at uh, Silverwood Hospital <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you that uh, whatever it might be something from the year something from, uh, from Christmas uh, I encourage the kids to join in Give thanks for some of your presents that's great uh, why don't we just spend a couple of minutes doing that now Thank you Father for one another Thank you for friends and fun Thank you for my postmaker yeah. Thank you for my calibre Thank you for our church family Thank you for the fact that we can meet here together um, every day. Thank you for our mm-hmm. thank, thank you for the fellowship we share in Christ. Well, thank you for all these things. You are so gracious to us. Uh, in this year. Thank you for everything you give us. Friends, thank you for, uh, for sharing with that. Lots of uh, things to be thankful for. Um, i heard some great presents. Nothing I think tops the uh, Paraglide flight, Jill. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I'm thankful for? Uh, I asked uh, Jen for a, a bottle of very particular scotch, a libel 16-year-old. Uh, if you enjoy your scotch, then you'll know the name. Thank you, Pete. I see you are <laughs> It's probably a bit too commercial for true Scotch lovers, but it's something I've always wanted to try. So that was on my Christmas list. Now Jen was having a lot of trouble finding this particular Scotch. A lot of trouble. And I'd come to terms with the fact that probably wasn't going to be a very smoky Christmas. Um, I accepted that it was just too hard. but So I was very excited when on Christmas morning, I opened up a present and there was the black box with the Lagavulin logo 16 years uh, written beneath it and, and Jen saw my excitement and you know, she encouraged me you know, open the box, have a look at the bottle. So I did, you know, this is great, I'm going to try this later on. Pulled out the bottle and it was a very fine bottle of non-alcoholic white wine. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jen, the naturopath. That's right, that's right. And, and she's a minx. I was very grateful for her humour. <laughs> but I was especially grateful that the real bottle was hiding in another present. <laughs> <laughs> it's right and proper to be thankful for all these gifts that we receive, uh, just as you, uh, a lot of you expressed right now. And, of course, the more effort, uh, the more costly it is to give a present, the more thankful we are, isn't it? Of course, the biggest gift at Christmas uh, is, is one Ruth prayed for. Thank you for the grace we've received in Jesus Christ, the gift of salvation. Uh, This might be spoiling the end of the sermon a little bit, but if you didn't think we were going to end up there, then you haven't been around here very long. Uh, We're going to spend the next 20 minutes or so looking at how thankfulness is expressed in Scripture. We're going to find that the source of our thankfulness is uh, our relationship with God, and particularly the gift of grace we've received through Jesus Christ. So... um, Let me pray before we begin and then we'll we'll dive into scripture. Lord, we are so thankful for all the things we've received, but particularly the grace we have in Jesus. Uh, All good things come from you and you've called us to be thankful in response. Help us to uh, move our hearts, well, please move our hearts to thankfulness this morning. Uh, Help us respond to that grace appropriately. Um, Help me to speak Uh, May I stay truthful and faithful to your word. Uh, May your Holy Spirit apply your word to the ears and hearts of those here. Amen. So friends, when you want to look at how Scripture deals with a a particular theme, say you want to understand forgiveness or war or or thankfulness, uh, a good place to start is just to look up all the instances of that word or related words in the Bible. We used to use something called a concordance to do that. Now you're just in your Bible app. It's much, much easier. Um, I've done that, and I can tell you that there's 161 instances of the word thanks or some variant of that throughout Scripture. We're not going to look at them all. I've done that work for you. But uh, I can tell you that as I went through all these examples of thanks, two big themes started to stand out to me, uh, sort of two big characteristics of thanks as the Bible deals with it. First of all... In Scripture, thankfulness is almost exclusively a part of our relationship with God. And the second flows out from that, that thankfulness is a characteristic of those who has received God's grace. Now, look at the first attribute first. Thankfulness in Scripture is almost exclusively a part of our relationship with God. Now, I say almost because out of the 161 times that thanks is mentioned in the Bible, uh, 159 of those... Uh, instances that thanks is directed to God. There's only two instances where thanks is directed to someone else. Those are both in Romans where Paul is thanking some other believers for their help. Now of course thanking someone for their help is right and good and uh, and thanks to those two examples it's biblical. Uh, But 159 to 2. 159 instances of thanking God to two instances of thanking other people. That's got to tell us something about where our eyes should be pointing when we we give thanks, right? Let's look at a few examples. The very first use of the word thanks in the Bible is describing the thanksgiving sacrifice in Leviticus chapter 7. All these little examples will come up on the screen. You don't have to try and flick to them. Uh, Just stay in Colossians for now. Uh, So in Leviticus 7, it gives us the law of the sacrifice of the peace offerings that one may offer to the Lord. If he offers it in thanksgiving, he shall offer it with the thanksgiving sacrifice. Sorry, offer with the thanksgiving sacrifice unleavened loaves, mixed with oil, unleavened wafers smeared with oil, etc. So thankfulness is is first expressed as a sacrifice, a material offering, in this case bread and oil, was offered to God to express gratitude for His provision. Later on, God taught the Israelites that the heart behind the sacrifice mattered more than the sacrifice itself. And so in Psalm 50, we see God telling the Israelites that the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To the one who orders his way rightly I will show the salvation of God. Note that here the expression of thanksgiving is the sacrifice. This is an expression of thanks to God that glorifies him. And such a person that gives such thanks is one who orders his way rightly and will know the salvation of God. This idea of thanksgiving being a sacrifice may seem pretty foreign to us, but uh, many of you have just done this this morning. In those popcorn prayers, it's an awkward thing to do. It's kind of uncomfortable to sit even here where everyone, you know everyone, but you're sitting in the middle of the congregation expressing thanks to God. And most importantly, that effort is offered to God. It may seem like a small thing, but this, this uh, thanksgiving is not only seen uh, and heard by us, but it's seen and heard by principalities and powers, and it glorifies God when we offer that, that thanks. You've done what Jonah did in Jonah chapter 2, verse 9. He says, With the voice of thanksgiving, I will sacrifice to you. It's just what we've done. What I I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Another common way to express our thanks is, of course, in praise, especially through music and song. For example, in 2 Chronicles, uh, around the time of uh, sorting out how the temple was going to be run, 2 Chronicles 5 says it was the duty of the trumpeters and singers to make themselves heard in unison and praise and thanksgiving. And of course, not singing Thanksgiving just to anybody. They're singing to the Lord. In Psalm 33, we see the instruction to give thanks to the Lord with the lyre, make melody, make melody to Him with the harp of ten strings. Uh, almost exactly the same words were in Psalm 98 that we just read, where thanks and praise were used interchangeably. It's almost a synonym for each other. Thanks can be expressed corporately, all together as a people of God in music and song, when we thank God for who he is and what he has done, and we sing praises to him. Of course, our thanks can also be much more routine, but it's always directed to God. We thank God when we recognise and share what he's done. The simple example in Psalm 9, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. And we thank for his provision when we pray over food. Jesus did this at the Last Supper. In these well known verses, we read every time we share in communion. Uh, when Jesus took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus himself directs his thanks to the Father. And even when Paul is thankful for the ch- uh, faith of other churches and other believers, he directs his thanks to God. Many of his letters start like this in 1 Corinthians I give thanks to my God always because of you. It's directed to God. According to scripture, God is the one who deserves our thanks because we receive all good things from God. And thanks is our response in that relationship to God. Uh, you might have heard our relationships described as being either vertical or horizontal. Right, our vertical relationship is with God, our horizontal relationship is with other people, other believers who are out to the world. Uh, Our horizontal relationships kind of go both ways. But we're called on in Scripture to be the givers in a horizontal relationship. We give when we encourage one another or serve one another or care for one another. Uh, Our vertical relationship, in that relationship, we're the receivers. Everything comes from God. Everything good flows from God. Uh, And thankfulness is our response to that. Thankfulness is one of the few ways we can send back up to God. We should give thanks horizontally, of course, but at least 159 times out of 161, our thanks is directed to God. Even when we get good things from other people. Scripture says it's God blessing us through them, and so it is right to express thanks to God. Even during difficulties and trials, we're told that God is working for our good, which is why we're told in all circumstances, whether good or bad, to direct our thanks to God. Just take a moment and think about how often you thank God. If you did a survey of... All the words in the transcript of your life, if someone went through and searched in that app for the word thanks, how many times would those thanks be directed to other people, and how many times would they be directed vertically to God? When you opened those socks on Christmas morning, did you thank God for the socks? Probably not. You probably thanked your kids, or you thanked your partner, or you thanked your parents, whoever's sitting next to you, and that's that's right. It's a really bad example, because I'm not saying don't thank those people. That's right and good. But I do want us to recognise that, that maybe we don't give God enough thanks for what we've received, especially if you know of his grace, especially if you've received that undeserved love from God. That brings us now to the second attribute of thankfulness. Do you know what the most common expression of thanks is? Uh, In the whole Bible, but it's mostly in the Old Testament. Uh, It's this refrain is an example from Psalm 107. It says, "Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever." You can find these words, or something very similar to them. In fact, they were very close to them in Psalm 98 that we just read, uh, about 30 times throughout the Old Testament. It's a song or a refrain. Uh, That gives thanks for God's faithfulness, especially his covenantal love. It's a big word, but his covenantal love is his promise-making love. It's the love that stands behind his promises to save his people. This was sung by the Israelites to remind them of God's grace. Uh, You'll find them singing it when they build the temple. You'll find them singing it when they ran into battle. You'll find them singing it while they were in exile. It's an expression of, thanks, of faith in and thanks for God's promise to save. I don't think I'm going too far if I said that in the Bible, thankfulness to God is a defining characteristic of the faithful. The faithful are set apart, can be identified by the thankfulness to God. Let me give you a positive and a negative example of this. There are, there are tons of positive examples. But here's a a really simple one for Psalm 118. I thank you that you have answered me and become my salvation. But interestingly, we also have some negative examples. Look at this one in Romans 1. Uh, When talking about unbelievers uh, being left to their their own devices, uh, Paul says, For although although they knew God, they did not honour him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. In this example, the faithless can be identified, amongst other ways, by their lack of thankfulness. Another positive uh, example is that passage in Colossians, which we're going to look at now. It was read to us at the start. This is a good chance to open up your Bibles again. Colossians 2, verses 6 to 7. On this side of the cross, we know that God's promises to save, that God's grace, uh, was fulfilled in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Therefore, says Paul, in verse 6, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Paul expects those who have received Christ Jesus the Lord to, amongst other things, abound in thanksgiving. How are you going with that? Would you say your thankfulness abounds? Well, it's pretty easy if you've been a believer for a while. The honest answer is probably no. I don't think I walk through each and every day with an abounding thanksgiving. Uh, I got some great Christmas presents last year, I'm sure, but I can't remember what they were. And I'm, I'm not thankful for them, to be honest. Not each and every day. The fact is, once we've received something good, once we can lay claim to it as ours, we're no longer thankful for it. This is called taking something for granted. And uh, we can take that grace that we've received in Jesus for granted. Paul knows this. I think he knows the Colossians had the same problem. Because if you read the rest of chapter 2, you'll see that they were starting to listen to false teachers. Uh, they were being bombarded by all sorts of philosophies and new ideas. Uh, easy answers were bombarding them and they were, they were listening because the gift that they had received had lost its luster. They were starting to take the gospel for granted And they were looking for something new. And Paul's answer to this problem is here in these verses, 6 and 7. Just as they received Christ, they're to continue in Christ. Uh, And his language is quite deliberate here. They had received Christ. Received as if receiving a gift. The gift of grace in Christ Jesus. And Paul continues... um, Paul's advice, sorry, is for them to continue to walk to carry on not looking for something new and shiny but to be reminded of grounded in the grace they had already received just as they had repented of their sins and turned to faith in Christ at the beginning they should continue to repent of their sins and turn to faith in Christ just as they were taught about their salvation at the beginning they should continue to be grounded and established rooted in the teaching that they receive they should continue to gather together, to sing together, to encourage one another, to reflect on their peace in Christ, to try and live obediently, day in and day out. Paul fleshes this out in the very next chapter, in Colossians 3, from verse 15. He encourages the Colossians to carry on with this normal means of, Chris, uh, of, of Christian grace. The normal things that remind us of the grace we've received and how, he, uh, or how that generates thankfulness. In return. Have a look at these verses and see how often Paul suggests these normal things result in thankfulness. He says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him thanks is mentioned 3 times quick successions staccato this is a point paul's trying to drive home these things lead to thanks it's incredibly simple but incredibly important to remain thankful for a gift you almost need to receive the gift again you need to be reminded of it you need to use it you need to find it useful That's why Paul has written this entire letter to remind them of the gift that they had received. Did you notice that this uh, encouragement in verse 6 starts with the word therefore? That's because he's just spent chapter 1 reminding reminding the Colossians of the grace they have received. Uh, Let's take a look at chapter 1 as well, shall we? Let's, Let's take his advice, let's dwell in the word of Christ to be reminded of the gift of grace. And let's see if this helps us cultivate some thankfulness uh, today. Turn back just a page to Colossians 1. It's a long passage, we're going to read some. It's not going to be on the screen. Colossians 1, verse 3. He thanks God. We always thank God, uh, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, Let's jump to verse uh, 9, to Paul's prayer in verse 9. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Paul is praying for the continued receiving of grace. He prays that their knowledge and understanding will be increased. I'm going to include us in this prayer because the benefits of this letter are also intended for us. He prays that we would be equipped to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. He prays that we would be fruitful in our good works, that we would be strengthened by God to endure and be patient on this long earthly pilgrimage, that we would be filled with joy while we wait. In short, he he prays that they would use their gift. He expects us to be thankful. Look at verse 12. He expects us to be thankful because we have been qualified We've been qualified to share in the inheritance reserved for the saints in light. Qualified, made worthy, God has qualified us as a gift to live as saints in the light. We should be thankful for this because God has taken us out of the kingdom of darkness, he's transferred us to the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we were redeemed. Jesus Christ has bought us at tremendous cost And forgiven our sins. Thanks be to God. And just, if that was enough to emphasize the magnitude of this gift, Paul continues there in verse 15. He says, He, that is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Paul is casting a vast, cosmic perspective of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God. Creator God, the reason and source of all creation. He is preeminent, the first, the highest, the head, above all things, above all powers and authorities. He is the very fullness of God. And it is this Jesus who in his eternal, steadfast love has offered himself as a gift for you. The very author of life took on himself your death, so that you will be clean, that you will be holy, blameless, exalted, above any reproach when you stand before Him on that last day. Thanks be to God. What gift of grace is Jesus, our Redeemer? This is a gift we all desperately needed. It's a gift we could never afford to get for ourselves. It's a gift that costs more than we could imagine. And that's why thankfulness is the proper response. Grace has abounded to us. Therefore, we should abound in thanksgiving. If you've not received this gift, friends, if you do not honour God or give thanks to him, and don't use the excuse that you've been sitting here for years and years and years and years, You need to know that this gift of forgiveness, of cleansing, of a new relationship with God as your Father, is available to you. You just need to receive it. Just as you would receive a gift. God is ready to give. He gives this gift freely to all who desire it. Simply acknowledge your need and ask. Repent of your sin and receive by faith this certain gift of grace that God gives in Jesus Christ. For those who have received it, don't allow this gift to collect dust in the cupboard with that dodgy bottle of wine or the the pants that don't really fit. This is a gift we need to take out and polish and use and wear and walk in and send thanks for each and every day. What would we be without it? Let us hear Paul's message in Colossians 2. Just as you have received this gift, continue to receive it. Continue to walk in the grace you have received in Jesus. And you too will abound in thankfulness. Let me pray. Loving Lord, what a gift of grace we've received in Jesus, our Redeemer. Uh, Forgive us, Lord, for taking it for granted. Forgive us for focusing on the demands of the day. That grace we received may have been so long ago and your future coming seems so far away and we have work tomorrow and, uh, and so much of our heart and mind are directed to those things. But help us, Lord, each and every day to dwell in your word, to sing songs to you, to reflect on our peace in Christ, to do all things in your name and in all these ways, be reminded of the grace we have in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Friends, uh, this sermon series we will be running for the next few weeks. aims to cultivate in us all a heart that abounds in thanksgiving. I strongly encourage you to come along uh, next week. Mike is going to look at one of the immediate benefits of thankfulness—that it's an antidote to worry. Uh, Ron's going to help us uh, consider how help. Uh, sorry, going to show us how thankfulness helps our emotional well-being. Uh, Ian Council has the impossible task of making us thankful for other believers. Uh, (laughs) And then I'll be back to consider what part thankfulness will play in our eternity. We have a little bit of time now just to reflect and pray. If you desire this gift of grace, this is a great chance to pray for. If you have received it, then please give thanks to God.